Hello, everyone. I am George Mossy. This is the George Mossy Show. This is a different type of podcast, though. We are going to be having medium sessions. I didn't tell you guys ahead of time, but this is something I'm very, very excited about. I have always been a big fan of the unknown and the afterlife and the world that exists before and after we leave this world. And I thought the best way to communicate with that world is through a medium. And we are here with Medium Sessions with Juliana Fisher. I just want to say thank you so much for being here. I know that you are very busy in your country. So many people have sought you out for help with speaking to souls and getting answers that they need. So again, thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Trip, for giving me the chance of being here. So I want to ask some questions because I'm a very inquisitive person. I need to understand things and how they work. So tell yeah. me about your gift because you're all medium, but you're also a clairvoyant. So can Correct. you give me like a small, brief explanation of what that means? Because, you know, most people think medium, clairvoyant, psychic, tarot cards, it's all the same. And it's not. So it's I want absolutely not. No. So I want to know exactly um, what these mean and how you embody these gifts and how you are able to use these gifts to communicate. Well, um, how could I start? Um, so I was four and I was sitting in my bed with my mom and I saw that there was like a granny on my chair in my bedroom and I said mom who's that person who's that granny and my mom said which granny do you mean and I said there's a granny on my chair and she said honey there is no granny and I said of course there is a granny and then I feel that my mom was afraid but she doesn't want to show me that and um she said oh maybe it's the house owner <laughs> um she passed away and maybe she's here to protect the house so um yeah, my mom went to show me that's not that I'm not a weirdo and it's okay to see the death and I should not be afraid of it. So does your mom also possess this gift? No, my mom not, but my sister and my grandmother have the same gift like me. Oh, so your mom recognized what was going on. She knew yeah. what was going on. Absolutely, because her best friend was a medium too. And she grew up with her friend and she felt the same things like me. So it was for my mom normal. I have luck mm. for my mom. It was normal that I can see the death. How did this affect you at four years old? Because how do you decipher between a person who's really there and a soul? Like, I can't imagine when I was four years old, I was scared to even go into a room if the light was off. So how did how did that affect you growing up? Oh, it scares me out the whole time. It creeps me out the whole time. I think it stopped when I was 18. And all the time before I said, Mom, I can't sleep alone because then deaf people visit me at night. I don't want to see them. And sometimes I don't see them, but I hear them. So um, you have uh, a lot of parts in this gift so sometimes you can hear them sometimes you smell a perfume in your room or um i don't know you hear someone or you see someone it's yeah so let's say you're at the grocery store and you're minding your own business do you see souls around yeah. you yeah so, I you, see it, so you can't turn it off no matter what you're doing they're always around you they're always around me and um, the most time it's in the middle of the night when they visit me. Oh, that's so scary. So yeah, this is so scary. <laughs> it's still scary. <laughs> so you have told me that you can um, use pictures to yeah. communicate mm -hmm. with people. And I think that is so interesting because the most cherished memories that we have of our loved ones are normally after when they're gone from this world are our photos and mm. you are able to channel energy through photos yeah. but you've told me that this is a very difficult process it takes like a lot of concentration and it's very mentally draining so what is that process like for you like when you're trying to um, make contact with someone through a photo like how do you go about that and and how how does that affect you mentally and emotionally because you're actually taking on a lot of other people's trauma and pain and i can't mm -hmm. imagine that that's easy for you to do oh i protect myself before i make a reading with someone i clean the person with my own product before we make a reading so um i want that people are clean before they make a reading with me because sometimes people have a grudge or bad energies or depression or they are ill 
and when I connect me with these people, um, it could happen that the energy from the people comes to me and it stays wow. by me. And this is very dangerous. That's why people, um, before they make a reading, they make a cleansing and then I make the reading. So I protect me and I protect the people that uh, the energy from me or the people doesn't come to me. So in theory, when you connect with this person, you're bringing this person to where you are. Mm -hmm. That is so in intense because like you said, what if they don't want to leave? Like, what if they want to attach themselves to you? And, and that energy could be a negative energy. It has to be scary. So, like, in your home, do you have, like, a, a cleansing process where you cleanse your home after, like, each reading or every week to make sure that the souls that are there are only the ones that you want to be there? Um, I protect my home every day with some different energy programs so that I can work in. I just only work from home. I'm not working in the public with so many weird energies. I just work at home. And uh, after a session, I clean my home because if I would do this, not um, here where a lot of energies and I have this all in my house. So I have to clean every day. This is so interesting. I am so intrigued by your gift and I just can't imagine what it's like to have a gift that you have turned on all the time. Like I love to sing, but I don't have to sing if I don't want to. And like I love to do podcasting. I love to do video editing, but I don't have to do any of those if I don't want to. You wake up and eat, sleep and breathe this gift. And yes. I like I think the best way to describe it is a blessing and a curse, right? Like I feel like you're blessed with this way to communicate and help people, but it's also a curse because even in times when you want to just be normal and live a normal life and just do normal things your gift is always on and these souls yeah. as a way to to fix or resolve something so you're always at the mercy of the people who are around you yes since my sixth child yearhood um when i saw pictures from different persons i said to my mother oh my god i think she have cancer oh my god i think uh, she was divorced from his man or I don't know. I see like visions in my head, like a movie. It's laying in my head all the time. And then I see how things happen in the future. And the same way is when I'm working or when I make readings with someone, I just see the picture because through the picture, I can see it like a movie in my head. What the soul wants to tell me, what the soul needs or what happened or what's important for this person now. Are you compelled? Okay, so say you're out and you see someone and you mm -hmm. see a vision of something in the future, are you compelled to, to express that to the person? Or do you feel like it's, it's not your place to give them that information? Like say it's just a stranger, but you see it and you feel like it's, it's valuable information. Are you compelled to, to give that information to them? Mm. Some informations I take by myself because I don't talk about death. I don't talk about that you have a car mistake or something else. Because uh, when you people, if you people tell that there is something bad happens in their life, they focus all the time on this mistake, what could happen. So I really just um, be very careful to what I'm talking with the soul, what I um, saying in this conversation, I'm really careful and um, I'm trying to help the people to, I don't know, to help them with their situations, to make healing sessions with them, energy sessions with them. And yeah, but I'm not telling about the death or something other stuff. I love that you focus on positive progression and growth. You don't focus on the negativity. So yeah. so on November 5th of last year, um, this huge story broke. Um, Aaron Carter, this massive pop star um, and celebrity figure had left us and there was a lot of controversy around what was being reported. A lot of people felt like the story that we're getting doesn't seem right. And I felt the exact same way when I heard the story and I read it. I read it twice and I just said, I don't see him at 34 years old in the place where he is now with his son and his life in, in the progressive state that it was in. It's like maybe five or 10 years ago, you know, he had went through struggles. But what happened to him, what they're saying, it didn't seem accurate to me. And so you told me that you felt the same way when you had heard that story. So kind of yeah. what was your first initial reaction when you heard that he had had drowned in a in a bathtub? 
Oh my god, my heart was beating. I saw this on TikTok that Aaron Carter was found in his bathtub and I was totally shocked. And my first thought and my first feeling was he was not drowning. He was not um, passing away from duster. Oh my god, my heart was beating. I saw this on TikTok that Aaron Carter was found in his bathtub and I was totally shocked. And my first thought and my first feeling was he was not drowning. He was not um, passing away from duster or huffing. Um, my first thought that uh, people murdered him. And that was just your first initial reaction. You hadn't contacted any souls. No, no one had contacted you. That was just your initial reaction. So was that part of your gift or was it a suspicion or was it both? I think it was both because I saw the picture from Aaron in TikTok and I told you that I can see things. I get the energy through the pictures from people or uh, death people. And um, my first thought and my first feeling was Aaron was murdered. They killed him. Absolutely. I'm wow. Sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people said in the days before his death that he kept saying things that were hinting that he felt that his life was in danger. Mm -hmm. He kept saying that people were following him or people were out to get him. And a lot of people felt like he was trying to warn people around him, like, hey, something is around me. There's negative people or there's things happening around me that I can't control. And that was a cry for help. Do you feel like that's what he was doing? Um, I think Aaron have a long time, a hard time, but, um, I don't think that these people around him or people when uh, they say they have struggled with him or there was, I think, someone who gave him drugs and wrote him a message. I don't know if you hear that. And um, yeah, where's my money? Give me my money. And some people uh, said, oh, maybe this drug dealer, uh, I don't know, took his life because um, Aaron mm -hmm. should gave him money but uh, my opinion is different i think there was close friends with aaron and i think um they want to do something with him so with that being said this was probably a complete shock because if it's your close friends these are people that you trust so you wouldn't be you wouldn't be in, you wouldn't feel like you're in danger when these people are around you you feel like this death happened as a shock to him like do you well let's kind of get into the sessions that you had because i know that you've had sessions with his soul and he's mm -hmm. opened up to you about what happened and things surrounding the day when he left us so i kind of want to get into that and then you um kind of explain to me how he described that day to you so uh, at first, when someone is passing away, you should give the soul time to pass away to heaven. It's a really big process. And sometimes it needs weeks that the soul really get can go over. And um, I knew that. And I was just trying to talk with Aaron. But it's like when you have a phone call and you can't hear the other person on the phone, it was just two or three words. And the words what Aaron gave me was, uh, the words what he was hearing before he passed away um, and he said everything was going so fast don't call the police brah was a word what he was always repeat in his head and um, he can pick up his phone and everything was going so fast and this was the only words and I write it down what I was um, heard from Aaron at this day so Basically, he was saying the words over and over. He wasn't necessarily communicating with you um, directly, but he was trying to make sense of what had happened that day. Because yeah. do you feel like he was confused? Do you feel like he knew that he was no longer in this world? Or do you feel like the, it happened so fast he didn't know how to process what happened? Um, the thing is when souls passing away and there are in shock or they have a car mistake or um they would murder then the soul is like in shock they can't release what really happened and aaron um have the same situation he was in shock um a part of his soul was still here and the other part part was like the between world the between dimensions so he's stuck in this between world and that's why he can't get in a conversation with me clearly but no aaron was really confused he was like in shock and that's why he can't explain me clear what really happened but um he explained me this four weeks ago when i was helping him in the afterlife process so was he aware 
that he was no longer a part of this world? Or do you feel like that was something that he needed time to understand? Because I've heard that when it happens, like you said, and very fast and it's shocking, a lot of people aren't fully aware they aren't here. They're still trying to do um, things that the living would do. So do you feel like he was still in that shock world where he was still alive in his mind? Or do you feel like he knew that he was gone, but he didn't know how to process it? He didn't know that he was gone. And um, I think he he was so in shock. He can't realize what really happened with him. But um, he knew. A part of him knew that he was gone. That's horrible. So you said that he was saying, don't call the police, brah. And yeah. that's not something that he said. That's something that he heard. So there right. were people around him in the house with him. Right. Absolutely correct. That yeah. did, did not want the police to know what had taken place in that house. And I guess to say, to be in the house with him, like you said, these would have to be people that you know. Strangers don't come to your house. Strangers don't get let into your house. So why do you feel that these people had something negative or ill will towards him? That Was, was it a contract dispute? Was it about money? Was he able to, to give you that information? Uh, yeah, uh, I was talking with Aaron four or six weeks ago. I helped him first to go through um, the situation where he was in the between world to go to heaven that we can go in a better um, conversation together. And he told me that he was with two friends and um, they was drinking in his living room and they have a glass and he showed me the glass. It was like a brown I don't know, like whiskey or Coca-Cola, I don't know. And they gave him something in his drink, but they didn't want that Aaron uh, passed away. They want that he take a deep nap because they want to stole something from him. And um, when I was talking with Melanie and Aaron's um, family member, Kimberly, I said to them, oh my God, um, can you prove is there a stair broken, the wood from the stair? Is that broken in that night? Because I saw that they put Aaron when Aaron was like dizzy in her, his head and um, you can't talk with him anymore, that they took him over the stairs and they didn't know what should they do with Aaron now. Should they uh, let them in the bedroom or in the bathtub? And then they say, oh, we put him in the bathtub because then things uh, people think that Aaron, I don't know, drunk too much or take drugs too much. So, yeah. And I saw that one of this person was bigger and is running down over the stairs under the stairs and um then the stair was broken because this man was really big and fat and um melanie said yeah the stair was broken i saw that a few months ago wow so you physically i mean you mentally could see this man running down the stairs and breaking yeah. the stair so that means that aaron was alive when they put him in the tub it was like a dizziness, so he was very dizzy, but he breathed, but he was like, I don't know. I've asked Melanie also, I feel that Aaron was like ill before he passing away, and I feel that he was very weak before, and that's why they gave him something, and they just want that Aaron take a deep nap, but um, I guess that Aaron was so weak that he was like, I don't know getting in coma like you know what i mean oh so like a comatose state yeah. where you you can see things but you can't move and you can't react correct yeah and aaron was like very dizzy and can't talk but he realized some things around him still wow so the initial plan they didn't want to cause any harm to him there was something that they needed from him and do right. we know what that was? Did he share that with you or do you or is that not as important to the story? I saw that they want from Aaron some like contract papers and I asked Melanie, Melanie, I saw like a safe. It was like in the near from the bathroom and uh, from the bathroom too. And she said, yeah, this is exactly the place where Aaron's safe was. And I said, was that open? Because I see that they took some clothes from him. I don't know why they took some clothes. And I see like they took some papers because they want something to stole from Aaron. And this was important contract papers. I don't know which kind, but it was like contract papers. So his um, ex or 
I don't know if they were together when he passed away. I believe they were having issues. But Melanie said that there was a safe where you saw a safe. Yeah. Does Melanie happen to know what type of papers he kept there? Or was that something very personal to Aaron where most people didn't know what was in that safe? Um, I think Melanie um, doesn't know what was in the safe. But I tell her that I see that they want to store contract papers. Melanie tell me that she don't know, doesn't know what was in this safe yeah so when you started reaching out to aaron how frequently were you um connecting with his soul was it on a regular basis was it just one time like how frequently were you able to connect with him i was talking with aaron day and night over seven months wow so he that means that there was definitely information that he wanted you to have um, yeah, it was really amazing experience because um, I told you that I do this since my childhood. I am helping the deaf and um, I'm talking with death because I'm a medium. And I do this every day. But Aaron was really a strong spirit. I can't explain it. And he was there all the time and he could talk with me so clear. That was amazing. Did he start to follow you around? Did he start to... Um, like when you get home, he would see that he was there. Was he like waiting for you when you would leave? Like, was it that type of, um, connection? Uh, no, it was like, um, I don't know. I'm making products for my work and then I feel like cold energy in my room and I feel, oh, he's there. And then I get some conversations in my head and I feel, oh, Aaron is there. Sometimes I see him a little bit. Sometimes I heal. I feel him and sometimes I hear him. So when he was connecting with you, was it more of a therapeutic conversation? Like he just wanted to tell you how he felt and how um, being no longer there was affecting him? Because you said that you had to help him pass over. Yeah. What was that process like? Was that easy? Was it difficult? How did he process through that? Oh, the first thing was um, I was asked Aaron like, I ask other souls too. When I start a medium session, the first thing is I ask the soul, can you explain me the place where are you now? Because not every soul goes to heaven. Some souls are stuck in the between world. And Aaron said, it feels like a jail because there are so many souls around me and it's like gray fog around me. And um, I can't speak with other souls. And it's like the extra way you can go like to another place you just can't stay there and i said oh my god you're definitely in the between world and then i have a special energy program so i can help the souls to uh find the right way to can over in the healed dimension to heaven yeah so is it like telling them like which direction to go or do they have to make like realizations in order to get there or are you able to even explain it in words um no i tell them uh like it's really like sometimes in a movie when you see when um people say here there is a light and you should go through the light and um i imagine that i have a really strong energy and um then i told to the deaf people you can go in this energy and so they can go over in the healed world and after four or six weeks um i was talking with aaron again to sh to look if everything is okay and uh, what he's doing and so it started our experience together so i know a lot of people are skeptical so i wanted to touch Absolutely. a little bit on the fact that you've had sessions with his family and yeah. i want to talk about i know those are private but i do want to talk about how you were able to confirm things with his family that only they would know or only he would yeah. know because mm -hmm. i know it's very important that people have a, a level of trust yeah. in a medium i know it was possible for you to build trust with his family which i think is very important because they had information valuable and you had information valuable but you right. had to find a way to to trust each other and meet in the middle so he was able to give you information that you were able to verify with yeah. his so they were um, fully confident in the fact that you were speaking to his soul. And I know that that's really difficult because, like, I know you said that Melanie was very skeptical. And Absolutely. Mo most people are. Most people feel yeah. the the world of, of this realm, this world itself is very hard to believe. 
So is it is it a um a struggle for you to convince people of your gift? Because clearly you have a gift, but people have to believe and understand and trust it. Um, I think people can see because I share my whole experience about my gifts, and I think people can see that I'm really legit, that I'm not a I don't know talk show medium or cooking show medium. <laughs> that I really have this gifts and that they can see, oh my gosh, she have a lot of um, knowing about her gifts. So maybe they can see that I'm real. And yeah, Melanie was really skeptical. And um, in America, I think there are so many mediums, but they, the most of them, I think they are fake or not real. So I can understand that she is skeptical, but I said, please give me the chance that I can tell you all the information, what Erin, gives me and you can tell me if this is correct or not and everything what i told her was absolutely true um when aaron passed away um his family handled his uh, um services and i think he was cremated did he have objections to the way that things were handled did they follow his wishes because a lot of times when people pass away and they don't have a will their wishes aren't followed through. And how does he feel about the way things were handled after he left? I feel that Aaron was very angry about the way who handled the family, his grave, cremate and everything, because Aaron told me that he was not being cremate when he passed away. He wants a big memorial with a mausoleum and um, he was very angry about it. And um, I also told this to Melanie and I said, I see that Aaron doesn't want that and Aaron is really angry about that and um I remember that I think the mother of Aaron said yeah when Aaron was still alive he said that um he wants a big memorial and a mausoleum and he not wants to be cremated so what happened why did he end up being cremated and not given the memorial because I think a lot of fans would love to visit and and pay respects and just be with him at, you know, just for a moment, because he touched so many lives. It hurts me to know that he didn't get what he wanted in the end. And people knew that he wanted it. It's very hurt. It's very hurting to hear that. Maybe it's cheaper. I don't know. Maybe it's the easiest way. Maybe some, I don't know, family members was, I don't know. I want to say something wrong, but I think it was easy to cremate him and that's it. How does he feel um, seeing because he can see his son, right? Like he's able to yeah. to be in the presence of his son. And I know that has to be a very emotional place for him. How does he feel watching his son grow up and seeing him? Because I know everyone's like, oh, I feel that energy. I know that there is nowhere he would rather be than mm -hmm. with his son. So how does he feel? Does that bring him joy knowing that he can still be there and be in the presence of his son? Absolutely. Um, Aaron told me from some moments and I asked Melanie, Melanie, is this correct? Because I see sometimes Prince is singing something and then he forget the words and then he's watching to the left side and then he sings the song again. And I, uh, I said to her that Aaron sometimes said, uh, said his song texts or lyrics and then Prince sing the song again. And oh, that's yeah and um also when she making hoodies in the office because it was from Aaron and melanie the love collection office mm -hmm. i said Aaron, prove you sometimes if you make everything correct because um he is he was someone who wants to make everything perfect and she wants to show if you make that perfect too and she say yeah this could be really Aaron. yeah i i know that he is definitely present there and i know that spending time with his family was so important and in the days when um leading up to his death he was such a family man i remember seeing his tiktoks and i remember seeing a tiktok of him trying to figure out the car seat um the way you snap the car seat in and i remember those are really difficult i remember people talking about why are these so hard and it's like child safety is very important and it, it, we saw such a different side of him when when his son was born and i know that he was changing and he was turning into such a a good father and a different person in general and i know that his life was in it was going in such a beautiful direction so mm -hmm. when you reached out and you told me that you felt that what happened to him isn't the truth i i just believed i just believe i said i saw the direction his life was going and how much joy 
it brought him when he had his son and when he was spending time with his family. So the idea that he would leave this world by choice, it made no sense to me. Absolutely not. And I saw one day before he's passed away, he made a video and said, hey, your boy is going on TV. So he have plans for the future. And um, I think you can see when Aaron was in rehab that he really fights for his life. That Aaron was someone who was afraid to die. So it makes absolutely no sense that Aaron was in a bathtub and thought, okay, now I uh, take my own life. That makes absolutely no sense. So did he give you any details of why they did this other than they took something from him or was it like something they planned or was it something spontaneous did they get there no. and they saw that he was weak and they thought we could we could get these items from him because he couldn't you know he's not able to move around the way that he he could before or do you think that this was a spontaneous action no absolutely not i saw and this is what i explained melanie and kimberly too that i saw that aaron told me that the these two boys and i think there was a third boy but he can't explain me the boy maybe it was an unknown boy or it was a friend from their friends i don't know and um he told me that he plans this because um they have a plan with aaron the whole time but they need some contract papers and um i know that aaron maybe said no i don't want that plan what you your plan, I don't want that plan for my own life. And they have plans with Aaron and uh, they're trying that Aaron maybe do this plan. And um, I see that they planned and they was nervous. And I was asking another medium too. She was a client of mine because I want to know if my story is uh, the same story what maybe other legend mediums see the same. And um, she said, absolutely the same. I. Um, I told her that I have the feeling that they are was really nervous and she said, yeah, this one boy looks a little bit bigger and a little bit like fat and um, we have absolutely the same visions. That was wow. really amazing. Yeah. What is something that Aaron wanted to make sure that mm -hmm. you got across to the public, whether it was to his family, to his fans, or just to the world itself. Like in your sessions, what is it something that he wanted you to deliver the message about, whether it was about his death or his life or anything that he wanted to clear up? Because I know that there was some issues between him and his brother um, when he was alive. Like, is there anything that he wants people to understand better? I think that Aaron wants to show the world because he is a really strong spirit. I never seen before the so strong, strong spirit. I think um, he was the whole life in the background from his brother and everyone said ah, he's Nick Carter's brother. But um, I think it, it was important for Aaron to show that he was the own personality, that he was a really good soul, a polite soul. and. Um, I think Aaron demonstrated to me all the time that he has his own great personality. I do understand what you're saying. A lot of people felt that he was in the shadows of his yeah. brother. But That's I do feel I mean. that they're they're so different. Nick and, and um Aaron are, are night and day. Like when yeah. I when I see them and I see their accomplishments, I don't compare them because they're different. And in Aaron's life, he led a different life than his brother. And I feel like he he never was trying to be anything like his brother. So I feel like I can understand why the comparisons, um, you know, weren't fair because he's always tried to be his own self, his own artist, his own person. And the comparisons had to be difficult because when you're working so hard to be authentic and people try to take your authenticity away by by comparing you to someone else. I, I definitely can understand the frustration. So is there really a, a issue between Nick and Aaron? Was Is it something that he took even into the afterlife? Because I know when he was alive, they did not specifically get along. Is is that something that he's moved past or does he still feel the same way? Um, I don't know if I should talk about that, but um, I really feel when I was talking with Aaron about Nick, that he was really sad and so emotional and the same time really angry that he was not there when his um, boy was born, that he was not there and sending Christmas greetings. So um, this was 
very emotional for me too because I feel that he was so sadness in his soul. Oh, I hate to hear that. I wish that they were able to work through that because it's so family is so important, and and we've seen his family has went through so much loss, and I I believe that those things are supposed to bring you together and closer. So I'm, I'm sad to see that it didn't bring them together and bring them closer. And then he ended up leaving this world without a resolution to that, because I know it's hard. You know, I have siblings and one of my siblings and I, we just, we don't get along, but it's a goal of mine, you know, before either of this, us leave this world that we need to resolve those issues. I don't want to take that with me into the afterlife. I want to make sure that we were, we were okay. And I know it's, yeah. it's not easy. You know, I haven't spoken to my brother in a decade, but I know it is very important that we work through that, even if I just do it for my mom. My mom just turned 70 years old. And her dream is to have us all together under one roof. And we haven't been able to, to deliver that to her. So I know that it's it's hard hearing that um Aaron and, and um Nick weren't able to to work through that in this world because it's so important. Family is very important. And and I understand um Aaron's feelings, like his son being born with something you want to share with your family, the people closest to you, the people that you love and, and his brother not being there, that is very, very hurting. You know, it's heartbreaking that they couldn't get it to the point where they could, their kids could grow up together, you know? Yeah. And I think that Nick was the really important person for Aaron. I really feel that he was loving him so much. Oh my God. And that makes me sad and emotional too, because I, Felt the same feelings when he was talking about in the afterlife with me about that. I felt every feeling what Aaron shows me and what Aaron explained me about Nick. This is so sad. Really? So during these sessions, because you said you were speaking like day and night, what yeah. was that like for you emotionally? Because I know connecting with souls, it's not easy. You know, it's an emotional and it can be draining as well because you're you're concentrating, you're giving all your energy. Hear, I was because tired I just... the whole day. <laughs> I was tired the whole day. Sometimes I said, Aaron, please let me take a break because I have to work now. Or And um, I think Aaron was, I can't explain it, but uh, Kimberly said to me, this is typical Aaron. Uh, when I said, stop, I need a break. He was like a little bit angry and a little bit like, um, okay, so then you want to talk with me anymore? Okay, so go, I go. He was like this way and he said, oh, my God, this is absolutely Aaron. Yeah, but it was um, a hard experience because it takes a lot of my energy too, the well, whole day. And I want to say something because I think this is important too. Before the autopsy was coming out, I um, said to Kimberly, I think she was um, like from the father's side, a family member from Aaron. And um, I said to her that I see some medications in Aaron's blood because I saw that they want that Aaron make a deep nap. So they gave him sleep pills or something other stuff and mixed that, that Aaron take a deep nap and they can stole the things and then they go out. This was the plan. And then the autopsy was coming out and she sent me the autopsy in the middle of the night here in Germany. And she said, oh my God, you was absolutely correct. 90% from every medication, what you saw was in Aaron's blood. So all of this was proven why do you think the police refuse to investigate this further? Um, I know it's it's hard for you to determine that, but there's a lot of information supporting that what happened to him was not an accident. Why do you feel that so many people are working to cover it up? I think um, they have an opinion about Aaron before the whole time, and I think they don't want to search to any other things or that maybe he could um, passing away like a different way. I really think that people was maybe bored and, from Aaron's story and think, oh, my God, he called the police again. And there is struggle on Carter's house and again, a new struggle. And I really think that they just want all the people just want to make it easy to. OK, he takes drugs or he's dying from huffing because he was addicted. OK, bye and stop this is something i want to say too because betty is lost his housemate was lost nobody knows where he, she is now and um erin shows me that in the middle of the night um or it was early in the morning that betty comes back and one of these guys was still there and said um 
you can't call the police because then you get in jail and you are you was homeless and you get problems and she was trying to give Aaron oxygen or duster that he can inhale because she saw that Aaron was lying in the bathtub and she thought he's um, passing away now and she was trying this and I saw that um, Aaron was there for one or two minutes but he was too weak and his heart was beating so fast that he was choking at his own farm. And um, the interesting thing is that in the autopsy, um, it, I think they proved that Aaron has really white farm over his mouth. Wow. So what do you, okay, I don't, I don't know if you can know this, but what do you think happened to Betty? Because she's not been found. She is the person who found Aaron. She is yeah. the person who called the police. Mm -hmm. um, why, why would she disappear? And has anyone um, searched for her? Do you think that she left the country? This is very intriguing because I feel like if anyone has any information that could help expose the people who did this, it would be Betty, right? Um, I really think that the guy or these two guys who was still there in the house that they um, said, you can call the police, then you get problems and then you go to jail. And I think that's why they talk with Betty the way she should call the police, I don't know, to a special time or I don't know, and the people can go. And um, I think Betty was not open the door first because the neighbors was coming and Betty was not open the door for the first moment. And I think at this time, the other guys was running out and I saw that it was not in front of Aaron's house. It was like. I don't know, maybe another way in Aaron's house or garden and um, they going out at this time. And then Betty opened the door first after, I don't know, 10 or 20 minutes later. So but I don't would, know where she is. <laughs> would you say that her actions helped the people get away or do you feel like she acted out of fear? Um, I think it was, um, I don't know. I think she was not there at home because she, I don't know, was by her at home or I don't know. And I think she was just coming to a wrong moment. So wrong place, wrong time. And yeah, correct. She, she walked I mean. in. She walked into this this horrific situation. And then she was involved too. Well, right, and yeah, now she's looked at as an involvement of this horrible situation. I can't imagine the the pain and guilt that one might feel you know how she might feel thinking that she could have helped him or she could have done more because that has to be really difficult emotionally as well because maybe she felt well if i would have come home 30 minutes earlier you know yeah. i could have changed this and he would still be here and i can't imagine what that is like it does something to you when you feel like you could have done something to to prevent something even though sometimes things are beyond our control. We can't do anything about it. Our soul doesn't know that. Our soul looks at it as, I wish that I could have done more. And I, I can't imagine what that's like. And I wonder if that is why no one can find her. You know, maybe mm. living with that, that uncontrollable guilt or regret or remorse, and she just doesn't want to face it. No, I really think that these guys, maybe they hold the gun and said, if you say something, we will kill you too. Or I don't know. I think this was a situation like this and that's why I think she's afraid to um, go to the police or go to the public and tell the true story about Aaron and I think that's why she is I don't know in the underground I don't know where she so what does Aaron's family feel about the official reports of what happened to him do they believe it do they want more answers like are they at peace like how do they feel because I know Aaron's mom had spoken out um, about a year ago and saying that she didn't believe she didn't believe it. And she felt that there was something going on. And she yeah. posted um, pictures of his homes showing that there was foul play. How do they feel now? Do they feel any differently? I don't know. I think um, the people are still a little bit skeptical, but um, Melanie was skeptical because she is not believing in spiritual things or in other stuff. And it's okay. Not everyone is believing in this stuff. But um, yeah, I think it's um, difficult for them to realize, okay, 
that story, what I tell them is really true. I think Kimberly is absolutely believing me in everything. I was talking with her the whole day. I gave her all my information, what I got from Erin, and she said, this is correct, this is correct. And so I think she's believing me, but I don't know if the other people are believing me or not. I don't know. Well, it's hard to believe that they're okay with just, I mean, outside of the fact that you've connected with him, the story doesn't sound true. Mm-hmm. It's just, I have so many doubts that he would go through and do that at this point yeah. in his life, especially with his son being new to the world. You know, that that gave him a whole new sense of life, a new sense of Absolutely. purpose. Mm-hmm. So I just don't believe it. And even if you hadn't connected with him, even like I told you, when I read the story, I read it twice and I said, well, that doesn't sound accurate to me. You know, mm-hmm. in, in the point in, of life where he was in, the will to live was so high. He was looking forward to, like you said, making plans, doing things, spending time with his son. He, um, I, th- I want to say the home that he was in was a home that he recently moved in. Like he had really taken strides to better him, li- his life, better himself and, and give him um, a sense of a purpose. So I just don't believe that he would do something like that. And, and it's, it saddens me. That's another question that I wanted to ask you. How does he feel? about what was reported does he want people to know what really happened or has did he push you to release the information that he gave you about what happened to him how does he want the world to handle this situation um i feel that aaron he was talking with me the whole day and um at this time i don't was in contact with uh his fiance or with kimberly and it was hard because i have all this information and i don't know who I can tell this information. And, um, but I feel that Aaron really wants that people knows what's really happened, that they prove again, what's really happened because he was talking with me the whole day and he gave me details and um, yeah, I don't know. So I really think that he wants that um, his past um, should be proved again. So it's a, it's important to him that people know what really happened. So yeah, I think absolutely. His wish is for you to get this information out there. And like you said, we don't know where the information needs to go because the police have received information and they haven't seemed to do anything. And we've the information is there, but we don't know what hands to put the information in to make that happen. So his wish is for you to share this information so that yeah. justice may be served. Because I think it's very important. I mean, I mean, in my opinion, that Aaron's son knows that Aaron did not leave this world by choice. He would have never made that decision. And I think it's important that his son knows that because he loved his son more than anything in the world. So I think it's so important that his son knows he would have never done this. This yeah. was something that was done to him. And I just want to make sure that we reiterate that and anyone who might be listening to this who might have an avenue someone that can open an investigation someone that who might be able to get this information into the right hands i think it's very important that we serve the justice that he deserves in this situation what happened to him was not fair was not right it's not something that he should have to be forgotten for and i think the way that they've drug his name you know, and made it seem like he did something negative to himself when he didn't. I I want that to be rectified and I want his name to be cleared because like I said, the the place in his life where he was when he left this world was a very positive place. He was doing positive things and I want him to be remembered for the hard work and positive strides he was taking in life. Yes, me too. And that's why I really fight for Aaron's justice. That's why I make stories the whole time. I tell my Instagram followers the whole information, not to being famous or getting more clicks to that. Really someone, maybe there is a private detective. I don't know. And uh, he said, okay, I will work with you. Give me all your information and I will prove uh, the Aaron death again. So now that he has um, moved passed on into the heaven realm do you still hear from him do you um feel his energy around you do you because i know you guys built a very good um relationship and he felt very trusting of you and he wanted to be 
um, able to communicate with you? How does that, how is that relationship now? Is he, is he at peace or do you feel like there's still things that he wants to tell you? Um, the first time when Aaron was not, um, passing away for so long time, he was all there all the time. And I think the more, um, Aaron was in heaven, the, the more he can find peace. And I think that's why, um, I just hear sometimes from him and just, uh, we just talk, I don't know, one or two days a week, but it's not so often anymore because I really think that he healed more and more in the healed dimension. Well, yeah. I know that you are the reason why he was able to find that, that healing. And mm -hmm. I, I think what draws me to your gift and and the way that you help people is your honesty and your selflessness. You honestly want to use this to help. We talked about it a little bit earlier. There's a lot of mediums that don't want to help people. They just want to be on TV and they want to yeah. get paid and they want to be famous and they want to, you know, have a Hollywood act where they're filmed. You know, and I found that with you, you genuinely want to use the information to help in better people's lives. Like you said earlier, you don't focus on death. So you're not going to give that information to someone so they can only focus on that and not enjoy life. You want to give them information that's going to positively affect and impact their lives in a good way. And I feel like that sets you apart from the other mediums out there. And I feel like it's so important that people realize there's different types of mediums, right? There's people yeah. who there's people who want to use their gift for ways that aren't going to better the lives of the clients and i just want to say i'm really happy to have connected with you and i'm i'm so happy that you were scrolling through instagram and you saw my face and you connected because i feel like you're such a great soul a good soul and it's it's easy to see that the kindness and honesty um through your your words and through the things that you say because you genuinely care about the work that you do and I just, I really, really want to elaborate that on this podcast. And I know we were talking about doing a recurring um, podcast, and I would love to have people do readings with you because I just feel like the positivity that you bring to these people um, and the peace and love that they feel after doing this, because a lot of times they, they can't heal until they hear the words that you give them. So I feel like that's so important. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I just I, I definitely want to um, continue this series with you if you are interested. And I feel like there's so many different things that I want to cover. I want to talk about um, you being a clairvoyant. Um, I want to do a, a podcast alone just on the different types of of like psychics, mediums, tarot card readers, clairvoyants, because I feel like a lot of people are so unversed in this realm. They they put everyone in the same category they they don't know the difference between you know the gifts and what the gifts do and how they can be used in a positive way i was um raised in a religious cult growing up so a lot of like i was raised in louisiana where there's a lot of voodoo and witchcraft but i was mm -hmm. also in a religious cult so we weren't allowed to believe or practice but i i learned a lot about discernment in the bible which is a ordained person given a gift by god which is basically what you do but it was a gift through God. So I, I was always intrigued by the fact that people have that gift. And I know I don't have it because I've, I've tried. <laughs> I know I don't have it. Like I've been in my home and I've seen or felt things, but no one, I've never heard anything. I've never seen anything. Like I, I want to have it, but I know I don't. So I, I want to talk to you so people can be aware of how this gift can be used in a positive way. And I think that is so important because a lot of people don't realize the peace and um, closure that this gift brings to people. You are able to let people live their life in a full way when they get that information that they need to end or close a chapter. The most of the mediums, what you can in TV, what you can see in TV, they maybe they just talking with the dad and then they have a short conversation and that's it. But um, I think it's really important to explain that when someone is passing away, they really need people or mediums like me. They help them in the afterlife processes because not every soul can find the way easily to uh, to heaven, to the dimension world. 
some people are stuck in like Aaron in the between well I think it's so important that um, we are mediums we should help them we should not talk with them like a phone call and then we say okay goodbye that's it um, because I think they need really help and they need understanding. How long do you feel that Aaron was stuck in the in-between? Was it a long period of time? Um, I think it was six or seven weeks because then I was connecting me with Aaron again and um, I was helping him through the um, process from the between world to the healed division. And then I was waiting again six weeks because um, when a soul goes from the between world to the healed division, um, they take a deep healing sleep that the soul can um, heal from the life before. And then the souls really need time. And that's why it's so, I'm getting so angry when I see that people, when someone's passing away, they go through ghost boxes or Ouija boards and say, hey, can you hear me? And what's happened? And this is so much stress for a soul. The soul really needs time to realize what happened and they need time to heal and that then they can really get in conversation with us. But they need their private time when they're passing away. Do you feel that souls are always open to being contacted or do you feel like um, some souls don't want to be contacted? So when someone passes away and you want to speak with them or connect with them, are there souls that are not open to speaking with you? No, absolutely not. Um, I really have every time the feeling that they are really happy that I want to go in a conversation with them. Do you feel it's because there's things that they want to tell people? Because a lot of times when death happens, it's unplanned. So do you feel like when you reach out, they feel like you are this this way of communication to finally get those words out to the people that they, they love but didn't have a chance to say it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really saw often that when I get in contact with a soul with a client that the soul was still there or around their daughters or family members because um, they want something to say. And then when I gave them the message from the death, um, they was happy and then they can go from alone to the healed dimension. Sometimes they stuck here or they won't go because they want to say something still. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I am so intrigued. Like I've told you, I'm so intrigued. So um, I'm really glad that you were able to have this session with me. And so many people, we just passed a year anniversary on the passing of Aaron. And so many people um, have been affected. And I just want to send um, love and condolences, first of all, to his family. Um, they are aware that this session took place. Um, I wanted to make sure that that was, that was important for me. I didn't want anything to be said or done without them knowing. And I'm, I'm glad that they were um, um, supportive of this. And I want to say to his fans, you know, he I know how much he's touched everyone's lives. And I love how much love and support that he got after leaving this world. There was just a huge outpour of love and support for his life and his accomplishments. And I just want to see that same um, energy for justice. I want people to feel that love and support for him and show that his life mattered and it's important to give him the justice that he deserves. What happened to him was unfair. And I think the whole purpose of this was to, to try to get more information out there for people to have. I know a lot of his fans have been looking for information. So if you were looking for information, we hope that you were able to take this information. And if you know someone, if you um, know a private investigator, if you know anyone who works for the FBI or the CIA, please pass on this information because I want his last wish is for people to know what happened and to give him justice. And I want nothing more than for him to be able to rest in a peaceful state, knowing that his life and justice were were given a fair shot. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So we're going to wrap this up. And guys, we are going to try to do a series together and send me DMs. Um, if you guys want to do a reading with Juliana Fisher, um, send me a DM and we will um, be in contact. And some of it could be um, aired on the podcast. You know, we are very sensitive of personal information. You know, not every session can be aired fully because the information that you receive from Juliana, it could be very personal. It could be um, information that you were not aware of. You could have known someone your entire life. 
And then you will find out something in one of these sessions that you had no idea about. So we're very sensitive of that. So reach out to us and um, we will get back to you about the steps and the process of it. But thank you so much, Juliana. I know this has been something that you were excited about. I can't say that you were as excited as me. I was very, very excited to do this with you. And the subject was just very, very close for me, you know, as an Aaron Carter fan and losing someone like that. It's just, it's very difficult. And we lost, and I know um, this might be um, too soon, but I know we recently lost Matthew Perry um, and there's a lot of controversy around his death. So I know that at some point you may contact him and I would, we, we all want to know if he was really going through something where he ended up taking his life. And I know that it's none of our business, but we just want to know. We want to know if he was really struggling because there's been a lot of rumors that someone was present when this happened to him. And I know that someone like you would be able to contact him. But I know as we've spoken, it's too soon right now to contact a soul. But I'm hoping maybe in the past you would be able to Give us a little insight on him because he he's touched so many lives and he was such a, a loving human being. I'm really excited to continue this series with you. And again, guys, contact me or Juliana if you want to have a reading by her. Oh, so do you call it a reading or do you call it a session? Oh, when I make a reading, I just work with the person and... Um just ask the soul what the soul one shows me and i make afterlife sessions when someone passed away yeah. okay so two different ones perfect yeah right. these are two different ones right thank you so much um this is the george Massey show so this is medium sessions with juliana fisher we're going to be doing these series of sessions um our next podcast oh, we're going to focus a lot more on the different types of mediums and psychics and tarot card readings and also like black magic as well like i want to talk about the different variations and forms because i feel like a lot of people are bundling it all together and i def i definitely want to make sure that people understand what you do your gift is and why it's important that it it's not confused with other gifts I'm really excited to do this with you. Oh, me too. I'm very, very excited. Um, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Um, make sure you're following me on all social media platforms at George Mossy, georgemossy.com. Anywhere you get your podcast, type in the George Mossy Show. Um, make sure you're following Juliana Fisher. She is tagged in this video. It is very important that you're following her. She posts some amazing and beautiful insights on her page and story. I think it's very important that you interact with that. Thank you so much again, Juliana, and I can't wait to speak with you again. Me too. Thank you too, George. Bye, guys.